This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, we have a special two-hour report on targeted individuals, targeted individuals, if you don't know, if you haven't heard, uh, believe that they are victimized by constant uh, organized gang stalking, remote electronic harassment, sometimes called psychotronic torture, uh, using uh, microwave weapons, directed energy weapons, so-called non-lethal weapons that inflict physical pain, psychological pain, sleep disruption, social, isola- uh, social iso- isolation. And if you listen to this program regularly, you know I receive dozens of emails and letters every month from people who believe they are being targeted. And they come to me looking for help, hoping to make this torture stop. I've been approached outside the studio recently by a person desperately looking for help. And unfortunately, I can't make it stop. I can only help spread the word through programs like this, raise awareness. Uh, Who is responsible for this cruelty? We're not sure. Why are certain people targeted and not others? Again, not sure. Are these targeted individuals guinea pigs, perhaps, in some horrible population control experiment? We'll discuss. Our panel tonight, John Rappaport of NoMoreFakeNews.com and noted expert in the field of electronic harassment, Dr. John Hall. They're standing by. All that plus our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box, just moments away. Uh, A noted victim of psychotronic torture, Michael Fitzhugh Bell, the author of Invisible Crime, uh, joins us in this hour as well. In the second half of the program, Open Lines, where we'll hope to hear from uh, more victims of organized stalking and electronic harassment. And also, those of you who are not uh, victims, you're certainly uh, welcome to join in and tell us how you feel about this after what you've heard. 
and uh, also in the second hour. A Los Angeles private investigator who specializes in electronic countermeasures, Roger Tolsis, will join us. First, let me introduce the boys in the band on the other side of the glass tonight. Sitting in for Ian Robertson is young Will Power on the Fender Stratocaster. Will, welcome. Here in studio on the Rickenbacker bass guitar and occasionally the theremin Albert Vinzel. And finally on the Hammond B3, my feature producer, Ryan White. Gentlemen, welcome all. All right, to our remote viewing experiment, what's in the box? You know how this works. Here are your coordinates. The mystery object is in the cigar box to my left, sitting on the studio desk here at 70 Jefferson Avenue in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Please submit your answer to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. You must use the hashtag TCS Remote. TCS, as in The Conspiracy Show. Remote. And uh, to the skilled remote viewer who identifies what's in the box, some fabulous Conspiracy Show merchandise. And if you're a fan of the show, why not show it off? Visit the online store at theconspiracyshow.com. www.theconspiracyshow.com. Buy a mug or a T-shirt or a phone case. And you can also help support our work. All right, to the panel. John Rappaport has worked as a freelance investigative reporter for over 30 years. He's written articles on politics, health, media, culture, and art for LA Weekly, Spin Magazine, Stern, Village Voice, Nexus, CBS Health Watch, and other newspapers and magazines in the U.S. and Europe. He is the founder and director of NoMoreFakeNews.com. John Rappaport, welcome, sir. Good to be here, Richard. Also joining us, Dr. John Hall is a physician who considers writing his second profession. He's a medical doctor in San Antonio, Texas, and the author of Guinea Pigs, Technologies of Control, about CIA mind control experiments on non-consensual subjects. And uh, his first book it was A New Breed Satellite Terrorism. Dr. Hall, welcome to you. Hey, Richard. How are you today? Terrific. Thank you. Thank you both. John, let me start with you. Because John Rappaport, that is. I've got two Johns here tonight. I'm not sure if this is a subject you've discussed in the media uh, before. I know recently you wrote on uh, wrote about psychiatry and the CIA and mind control. Uh, but let me get your impressions. Do you believe that what thousands upon thousands of alleged victims of psychotronic torture are saying is true? Could this really be happening? Yes, it could be happening. Uh, like you, I've had people contact me by email and uh, tell me their stories. Uh, of course, I have no way to verify each individual story, but, you know, from the huge numbers of people that are reporting this, I would certainly say that some of these stories are true. However, as you uh, mentioned uh, I've been researching the effect of chemical targeting, let's put it that way, in terms of the medical system, the psychiatric system, MKUltra, uh, which never really ended a CIA mind control experiment. And in that recent article that you uh, indicated, what I found was a 1955 CIA document that was uncovered in 1970s uh, Senate investigations of the CIA that indicated the types of drugs that the CIA was looking to develop. And among them, for example, they were talking about the need to find drugs that would make people dependent on other people 
or would prevent people from being able to work because they're, they would be debilitated, and presumably this would be both physically and mentally. And so I traced the drugs that the CIA was looking for way back in 1955 to the effects of modern psychiatric drugs, which fulfill those objectives of the CIA. But in addition to that, uh, we have the issue, for example, of targeting as medical kidnap. And if you want to read about that, there is a site called medicalkidnap.com. Kids taken by Child Protective Services ripped out of their homes, in many cases for no good reason at all, put into foster homes and then drugged to the gills with psychotropic psychiatric drugs. We have young kids being screened in school at younger and younger ages by counselors, psychologists, and eventually psychiatrists who diagnose them without parental knowledge in some cases or certainly without informed consent and put on toxic and uh, damaging psychiatric drugs. John, do you think then it's possible that psychotronic torture and the use of non-lethal weaponry, directed energy or microwave weapons could be an extension of something like MKUltra? Yes, I mean that's, w that's where that uh, would fit into the picture. Because, look, the, the original MKUltra program involved chemicals, LSD, but a host of other drugs that were being used on uh, sometimes volunteers, but in many times people who didn't even volunteer, didn't even know they were being drugged, to research the effects of these drugs on people. And that was back in the 1950s. Right, so who knows? So it stands to reason that with increasing use of other technologies, you would be now moving into kind of electronic uh, measures that you're talking about. Dr. John Hall, um, how many cases have you handled since you got involved in this field? How, and, and how do you determine whether an alleged victim is credible? Well, probably since writing my first book, I've probably actually personally communicated with, I mean, probably three to 5,000 people, I would estimate by now. I mean, to give you an idea of how pervasive this has gotten, I probably get 10 to 15 phone calls at my office answering service daily that's mainly from targeted individuals or people inquiring about my writing. Um, as a matter of fact, it's gotten to a point where there's more people calling after hours globally to my medical office um, than a lot of times actual people calling for medical treatment. So it's gotten very pervasive. Uh, it is a global problem. And like I said, probably three to 5,000 that I've communicated with directly and many more than that that I've either had family members call or, or other people inquiring as to what their family member is going through. And how do you – this is, must be a difficult task, and that is separating the credible cases from the non-credible because, let's face it, they all sound incredible. Well, they're, it, it's getting better. I mean, they're, I mean, the, what they were complaining about 10 years ago um, when, you know, a lot of the people started coming out of the woodwork, or it was actually before that, but over the last decade, there's been more and more people willing to come forward. And it did seem incredible to just about anyone that would listen to the stories then. 
since we've had some of the leakers come out and, you know, even some of these people that would just complain about their emails being hacked and the NSA watching them and things like that. Well, you know, when Snowden released, you know, his documents, then it came to light pretty solidly with an admission from the NSA that, yes, indeed, you know, we can scan your calls, your text, and your emails. Now, the I think the question that you're really getting to is credibility as far as mental stability. You know, how can you tell if someone is mentally ill or if they're being a target? And sometimes that's difficult because this technology was designed specifically to mimic delusional disorder or paranoid schizophrenia. So, and, and as I had one psychiatrist friend of mine explain it to me, the way they diagnose that essentially, there's no test for crazy. So the way they diagnose that is, do your complaints seem plausible? So and as I had one psychiatrist explain it to me, if if he had a former CIA agent come in complaining of having his phones hacked and being followed, then that would be believable and more plausible than a housewife coming in and making that complaint. But the interesting thing with most of the victims that I've dealt with they can pinpoint the time that they noticed people stalking them or the time they <clears throat> felt they were being attacked by directed energy weapons or you know, hearing voices or whatever the, the case may be, usually to a specific point. And most of the time, the victims were you know, highly functioning, holding a job, credible individuals prior. And especially for the diagnosis of schizophrenia, typically those people are diagnosed at an early age. Right. That's not something that happens to you at age 40. This my limited experience, obviously not as extensive as as yours, is the same. That uh, the people that I have been approached, um, that have approached me, uh, seem very uh, rational and level-headed. Uh, they're not speaking in what sometimes is referred to as a word salad. They're focused. They're cogent. Uh, and ultimately very believable. Uh, John Rappaport, no more fake news, and Dr. John Hall stays with us. He, the author of Guinea Pigs, Technologies of Control, will continue with our special on targeted individuals and psychotronic torture. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Loose lips sink ships. And sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back to our special on psychotronic torture, targeted individuals, uh, organized stalking, electronic harassment. It's all a part of this uh, horrible and cruel experiment, perhaps. Uh, that's that's uh, perhaps what's going on. Uh, John Rappaport is the uh, director, founder of NoMoreFakeNews.com. Uh, John, how can people order your uh, CD-ROM series, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside the Matrix? Well, they just go to my website. NoMoreFakeNews.com. They can read about the contents of these uh, collections and also, of course, read my free articles and sign up for the email list. I do 
articles from time to time on the whole issue of mind control, which is very wide-ranging and includes information mind control, which, of course, people are immersed in every day. So that's basically how they can find me. All right. Uh, Dr. John Hall, how can people order your books, Guinea Pigs, Technologies of Control, and A New Breed, Satellite Terrorism? Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, just about any bookstore uh, either has it or can order it uh, if they're staying in stock. That, Especially guinea pigs, I know they've had a hard time keeping it in stock. Uh, unless you're ordering on a government computer, yet neither can be ordered there. So, All right. Uh, John Rappaport, this is a difficult uh, subject to broach uh, in the media because of, of public incredulity. Uh, people simply don't believe this is happening. What would you say to people listening right now who think these alleged victims are just paranoid or mentally ill? Well, you know, you can have that opinion if you want to. But as we started to, at the top to talk about, when there are thousands and thousands of people who have these stories and there are common denominators, then you have to start taking it very seriously, which the media, by the way, does not. And the media, major media, has the resources to actually track some of this down if they wanted to. For example, if any of us, the three of us, had at our resource and disposal all of what the New York Times has, we could take two or three cases that are the most credible, and we could track this whole situation with these people, with their permission, of course. In other words, you stay with them, you interview them, you... You work with them. You see when these moments occur and what is happening electronically. You have equipment. You have measuring devices. You have whatever it takes to look into this and see. You know, uh, part of the reason that this uh, becomes questionable and people say, well, I don't believe any of this and so forth, is because if you, if you really wanted to track this down and verify it empirically, that's going to take time. And that's going to take resources and funding to do this. And so far, I know of no funding on this problem. Uh, Dr. Hall, give us a, a laundry list of some of the technologies that are out there, the non-lethal weapons being used to uh, inflict this physical and physical and, and psychological torture. Well, in addition to, as uh, Mr. Rappaport spoke of, I mean, drugging certainly is how a lot of this started. And as he said, as technology advanced, so did uh, experimentation. And he's right, MK Ultra never ended. Only the release of Freedom of Information did on it. And so much money was spent on mind control, and so much of it looked like it was functioning, that a lot of it started with microchipping. Um, Delgado did most of those experiments. And even before he died in the 80s, actually uh, said that the microchipping was passe, that all the research he done did on that could now be done as, in a, using his term with broadcasting, meaning that it could be, the brain could be manipulated remotely with various frequencies. And as you saw with uh, Michael Persinger, who's up in your neck of the woods, did a lot of uh, microwave research and ELF research for the Navy, and actually came out and said that he could control every mind on the planet using extremely low-frequency waves, which is a lot of what we're seeing 
is millimeter wave, extremely low frequency waves, scalar waves, um, acoustic devices uh, like the LRAD, which actually has been used on populations now at some of the G20 summits. And I think um, Los Angeles actually has an LRAD now that they will use on groups of people, which is, for those who don't know, a long-range acoustic device um, that actually is either sound to the point where you have to get out of the way of it or can actually be tuned to certain frequencies to stimulate the bowels. Uh, millimeter wave weapons, which burn the skin, but once they're turned off, leave no mark. Um, they're actually using that in one of the L.A. prisons now uh, from a joystick controller to attack prisoners. <clears throat> but mostly what we're seeing a lot from target individuals, that our biggest complaint uh, is remote neural monitoring, which is uh, a way to stimulate the brain to transmit a signal that the EEG can be or the brain waves can be decoded from manipulated or heterodyned and then sent back into the human brain for entrainment to initiate you know, anxiety, depression, anger, rage, uh, whatever emotion that uh, they need to facilitate. And the best way to think of that is there's a catalog of EEG waveforms that correspond to those states. And if you can get the person to entrain that waveform, then they'll display the emotional state you're wanting them to display. It's it's no mystery that Aaron Alexis, when he shot up the Navy Yard, sketched, this is my ELF weapon on the side of his shotgun. That was a vengeance shooting, not a, a crazy person you know, running amok with a gun. He had a clearance, and he knew that some of the research was being done at the Navy Yard. John Rappaport, why are some, some people, uh, do you suppose, being, why are some people targeted and not others? Uh, if, if someone was a, a whistleblower, it would stand to reason that maybe they would be targeted. But often these are, are just everyday, normal, hardworking people. Uh, with no contact with, you know, government departments or defense contractors or anything like that, why are some people targeted and not others? I think you've got to look at the whole thing. Well, the term guinea pigs is quite real. It's a test. It's an experiment. Let's try this. Let's see what happens if we do that. Uh, this is the kind of mindset that these experimenters sometimes have. It doesn't follow the pattern that you would ordinarily think it would. You would say, you know, okay, so we've isolated these 53 whistleblowers here, and we're now going to harass all of them. <clears throat> well, not necessarily, because the experiment could be formulated on many different ways. Let's just take somebody who's completely, uh, you know, living their own life that uh, doesn't even know about any of this and couldn't care less, and let's see what happens. Let's just, and then we'll have data to analyze. There's always that approach. Let's try this out. Then we can analyze the data. Then we can learn. Then we can do it again. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily follow the pattern that some people would imagine that it does. Uh, John Hall, uh, same question to you. Why are certain people targeted and not others? Well, I think a lot of it's random. Um, they do want to make sure that they have a random sample as far as the experimentation goes. Uh, I have spoken with quite a number of whistleblowers that have been targeted uh, from the National Geospatial Agency, CIA, NSA. Um, but you got to remember, too, and, and I'm sure Mr. Rappaport will agree, when you look back at the experimentation done from the early MKUltra studies, you know, you, you tend to pick or they tend to pick 
kind of common people from either, you know, just everyday life type people, or they even will seek out people from kind of a lower level uh, in society, drug addicts. Um, you know, a lot of the experiments were done on mentally disabled kids at Willowbrook School, prisoners. Uh, one of the early, some of the earliest MK Ultra studies were done in the Utah prison. Uh, that's one of the first examples we had of several men that were locked away in solitary confinement and spoke of having electronic energy in the room on them so bad that they couldn't even get themselves off of their cots. One of them specifically said he was induced to hear voices, and, and I'm quoting him, that the voices were very clearly responding to his thoughts. So um, the government actually has been very wise at picking out people in society that really have no recourse uh, as far as fighting the government. So I, I think some of it, too, is they make sure to not pick people with any financial or political means uh, to actually get anything done about it. But a number of whistleblowers that worked for the government have actually come to me with these complaints. Now, that is the rarity, not the rule. Most of the people are just everyday folks, doctors, lawyers, housewives, um, you know, just people from normal walks of life. John Rappaport, is this then, a, if this is an experiment, is it a dress rehearsal? Uh, are we going to wake up one day and find that we're all being targeted in a similar fashion? Well, I don't know. That remains to be seen. But the state, uh, the mindset of people who do these experiments is not necessarily, you know, what you would call rational. I mean, for them, it goes on and on forever. That's what they want to do. That's the, that's, you know, that's the life they choose to be that kind of experimenter, and they don't care. So. In general, of course, the idea is to control societies, control minds in many, many different ways to make people more compliant and obedient and easier to control. So that's always the overarching theme here. Uh, Dr. Hall, I guess same question to you. Is this a dress rehearsal? Are we all, all ultimately going to be victims of some type of psychotronic torture? I think probably that can be the only goal. Um, you know, when if you control the entire population, you control elections, you control, um, you know, judicial hearings. I mean, you, you can control everything. And as, as a matter of fact, um, Vladimir Putin even said in an interview about three or four years ago now, public interview, when they asked him about psychotronic weaponry, um, that uh, he claimed that, whatever country controlled the best psychotronic weapons would control the globe without bullets or missiles because you can control the decision-making. And I tell you, a really good book to read that, for those who haven't read it, is a book called Between Two Ages by Zbigniew Brzezinski. And this book was written well into the 60s and describes pretty much everything step-by-step step as what we've seen through the MKUltra experiments right into today's society as far as people being experimented on using electronic weapons, um, the whole nine yards. So, I mean, I think it was kind of in the government plan, uh, as he said, all along from MKUltra, which started in the 50s. Uh, John Rappaport, any idea how we, we push the needle in terms of raising awareness about this? Because we, we seem to run up against this wall uh, with the mainstream media. They, it's, it's like the third rail. They don't want to touch this. 
how do we get this message out there that this this is going on uh, so that it's not just relegated to late night programs like this one well i think late night programs like this are very important i mean we you and i have talked about this before i see the rise of independent media as being one of the central uh good developments that are happening and have been happening for a long time and the decline of major media in the sense that fewer and fewer people are believing what they see and hear and are going to other sources for their information. So to me, the seesaw has been tilting in this direction, and it takes many, many independent outlets to bring, uh, you know, this kind of story to the forefront where it becomes known by untold millions of people. You just have to keep going in this direction and not rely on major media for any help whatsoever. Uh, Dr. Hall, you're on the front lines in this uh, this arena. Uh, are you seeing any change of attitude towards this subject on the on 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 the part of either maybe your professional colleagues or uh, those in the media? Are you seeing any sort of sea change on how this is being treated? Yeah, it's it's certainly gotten better over the last decade. Um, you know, a good quick story I can tell you is actually one of my attorneys, when my first book came out, A New Breed, which I believe was around 2005 or something like that, actually one of my attorneys said, oh, my God, I read your book. This is nuts. You know, have you decided what you're going to do after you lose your license for writing this book? And I said, you know what, the right path not always the easy path. And he said, yeah, I know, but there's no way this can be true. I know you believe it, but there's no way it can be true. Well, Five years ago, this same attorney contacted me, and he said, remember that book you wrote? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, it's happening to me and my wife. He goes, Who do I need to write a letter to to get it to stop? And I said, man, I, I wish it were that easy. You know, typical attorney, you know, well, I know that I can threaten somebody with a letter and it'll stop. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, that doesn't work <laughs> that way. But <clears throat> I have had probably more major media people actually contacting me as far as interviews. Now, some of them are, are strictly doing it to do a hatchet job on the whole um, situation or on me personally. But some of them have actually done some pretty good stories. And um, there are several pe- people doing documentaries on this, including myself, actually doing a documentary on it. So there has been a little bit more uh, major media exposure. Well, that's good and news. Certain, Perhaps. And I think the public seeing all these mass shooters complaining of mind control is getting it there, too. Dr. John Hall and uh, Dr. Dr. John Hall and John Rappaport. Thank you both so much. John Rappaport, nomorefakenews.com, and uh, Dr. Hall's uh, book, Guinea Pigs, Technologies of Control and a New Breed, Satellite Terrorism. Gentlemen, thank you again. Thank you, Richard. All right, when we come back, the uh, results of our remote viewing experiment, plus our mailbag, and a look ahead of upcoming programs. Stay right where you are. Big Brother is listening. And so are you. To The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. 
from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to our special on targeted individuals, psychotronic torture, organized stalking, electronic harassment. Uh, coming up a little bit later, targeted individual Michael Fitzhugh Bell, uh, the author of The Invisible Crime. He now has uh, part two available. It's called A Targeted Individual, Synthetic Telepathy and Global Criminal Biomedical Human Experimentation. It's quite a mouthful. All right. Uh, it is time for the uh, the big reveal on our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box? And uh, before we go to uh, Ryan for the Twitter feed response, let's go around the horn here in studio. Um, now, Will Power, who's sitting in for uh, Ian Robertson. Can you hear me in there, Ian? Or sorry, uh, Will? Do you want to uh, give this a twirl? What's in the box? Did you want to hazard a guess? Um, I'm feeling something a bit metallic. I'm going to go with fork. A fork. Yeah. Something metallic. A fork, perhaps. Some cutlery. All right. And uh, to our intrepid story producer, Albert Vinzel. Well, every week when you open the box, it seems like that was in my unconscious and what I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, this week, I'm, I'm guessing a perfume bottle. All right. One, one of these weeks, you're going to have a perfume bottle in there. All right. Now, of course, I'll deliberately not have a perfume bottle because you're trying to direct me. All right. And uh, finally, uh, my feature producer, Ryan White. What's in the box, Ryan? I'm seeing like a, a substance, you know, almost like uh, the stuff that comes out of a fire ex- extinguisher or Some sort something. Of, like foam? A foamy, f- yeah. Interesting. Something. But a lot of great guesses uh, on the Twitter tonight. All a right. Ton. Let's go to the, uh, the Twitter feed. Eric uh, thinks it's a spool of thread. Uh, Numb Skull thinks it's the novel Watership Down in hardcover. Interesting. Robert, a Zippo lighter. Luke, something white, round, hard, plastic, a golf ball or a ping pong ball. Uh, Drew sees a spool, maybe yarn, maybe thread. Uh, Anthony, a screwdriver. The Mojo family thinks it's a pocket knife or chiclets. Daniel sees a set of keys. Brent sees scissors. John sees a World War One army action figure William sees a whistle or a bell James sees a vintage camera uh, YY sees a small white plastic object similar but a container like a contact lens mm. case Alan a Hot Wheels car Iron Bison ice cream scooper Seven Flames a, bed, a beverage coaster Clinton a DVD Hugh a ID card Paul something twisted and another Paul a pocket knife again alright now this is interesting uh, go back and find the person who guessed a an, a, a World War One action figure or toy soldier. Yes, a fellow John. John? Well, that's pretty close, I got to tell you, because what I have in the cigar box this evening is a tank, a toy plastic tank. So, you know what? I think, what do you guys think? Is that worthy of uh, some conspiracy show merch? That's pretty good. That's a pretty close guess. What do you think, Albert? Well, it's close. I, it se- the tank seems more World War Two, though. Well, it is, but it's still, like a, a World era. War One toy soldier. I gotta, I gotta, I have to reward that. I, I uh, John, is it? John if, Porter. If all right. If you're listening, John, uh, if you can, um, if you're following us on Twitter, then direct message me, and at Richard Serrett, and we'll get your your uh, your address and so forth, and we'll we'll be in touch, and we'll send out some Conspiracy Show merchandise. Visit the online store. Help support the show. If you're a fan, show it off with a mug or a T-shirt or a, a phone case. 
And again, that's www.theconspiracyshow.com. Just go to the online store. All right. Uh, let's see. Just ahead of Michael Fitzhugh Bell, we might have time to work in a, in a, a couple of uh, emails here. Let's go to the mailbag, Albert. And what do we have? Well, it's not a surprise. The letters from TIs are just pouring in more confirmation of the phenomena. Uh, the first one's from Igor, and it says, Dear Richard, I discovered Coast about eight or nine years ago, and more recently your show. In 2014, I became aware that I was the victim of organized stalking. Uh, it took a long time to realize what was going on, given the bizarre nature of the crime. Initially, I was stalked by an individual. He's been harassing me for a long time. Then I realized something more was going on. Uh, I was appalled when you brought this topic up on your show. You were talking about people who contacted you with claims of harassment, stalking, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but you said, to, I think you said many of these people appear to be delusional or mentally ill. I cannot believe what I was hearing. Uh, you're one of the only shows talking about this sub subject, and now you were ca casting doubt. As you are aware, a large percentage of information on this subject is outright lies and disinformation. I believe your comment may have been swayed by phony victims who contact you with incoherent mishmash in order to discredit the real victims. On the other hand, many legitimate victims have trouble communicating their problems. Uh, I've All right, been... I got to jump in there, Albert, but uh, to Igor, and we have since corresponded. Uh, what I said to Igor was, I think you either misheard or perhaps misinterpreted what I was saying. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever, in all the years that we've been talking about this, dismissed the majority of the cases as uh, mental illness or simply delusional in some way. Uh, far from it. I think what I have stated repeatedly is that, and I think John Rappaport and Dr. John Hall reiterated this during our panel, the uh, people that can be targeted often may have an underlying mental health issue. They could have, not all of them, or they could have some an addiction, for, for example, because those people already, in other people's minds, have a credibility issue. They pick on people who will not be believed. That's perhaps what Igor thought he heard uh, and misinterpreted, but no, I would never uh, paint uh, the vast majority of alleged victims with that, um, you know, the mental illness brush. I don't, uh, I don't dismiss them. I, uh, I believe, by and large, these people are experiencing something real. Of course, that's not to say that there aren't cases out there that are not credible. However, in my estimation, the vast majority, at least that have contacted me, are credible. All right, Igor, I hope that uh, straightens it out. When we come back, targeted individual Michael Fitzhugh Bell will share his harrowing story. Stay with us. PIN numbers, passcodes, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's two more numbers. 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. 
You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. After the uh, top of the hour, open lines, uh, but we are looking for calls related to tonight's uh, topic, and that is uh, psychotronic torture, organized stalking, electronic harassment. Hoping to hear from other targeted individuals and uh, perhaps just the general public and getting uh, some feedback from you on how you feel about this this uh, topic. Uh, do you believe it has credibility? And uh, we are joined by a targeted individual now. Michael Fitzhugh Bell has been on the program several times. And in his book, The Invisible Crime, he tells a true story of an innocent man becoming the unwitting target of a secret criminal organization using high-tech weaponry, microchip implants, and mind control on its victims, leaving no evidence. His, um, the newest edition is The Invisible Crime Part 2, a targeted individual, synthetic telepathy, and global criminal biomedical human experimentation. Michael, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you these days? Richard, it's nice to be back. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, but uh, as someone who is targeted uh, and um, you know, subjected to physical, psychological torture, social isolation, how, how are you managing these days? Well, I've developed... Um techniques over the years in, in adapting and coping with this terrible situation that I'm presented with every day. People that aren't familiar with the crime don't understand that it's not like a typical crime that happens once or twice. It's a continuous, ongoing process. It's a, um, a relentless uh, experience that, that uh, never ends uh, once it starts. Um, so it's very difficult to um, to learn how to cope with it. It's uh, it's overwhelming. Um, the best you can do is learn how to survive uh, one day at a time, basically. Now you are an executive chef in in Hollywood. You also have worked as a as a screenwriter. Are you able to function to the point where you can you can hold a job and work steady? Uh, I could. Um, certainly with, uh, being a chef, I could, I could, I have done that. Um, but as a writer, um, I don't have to go to a regular nine to five job. That would definitely be more challenging. Uh, I could do it. Um, but then also you would also run the risk of the people that you work with are going to make life difficult for you, uh, at, at your job, um, and holding that job is certainly more challenging being a targeted individual than just a regular person who doesn't have this terrible situation to that faces them every single day. Earlier in the show, we talked with uh, Dr. John Hall and uh, Dr. and uh, John Rappaport from No More Fake News uh, were, were with us on the panel, and Dr. John Hall was uh, running down the list of some of the non-lethal weaponry and the technology that's available. So we've talked a lot about the technology. Talk to me a little bit about the organized stalking aspect. And you mentioned how it would be difficult for you to go into a work environment because there's maybe some individuals yeah. there that have been recruited basically to drive you up the wall. Talk to me about how organized stalking has played out in your life. The organized stalking is a technologically advanced intelligence network. Um, where, where basically someone like myself 
who believes that and has evidence of it, as I showed in my first book, that they have been shipped. Um, if that is true, which I believe it is true, um, that would give the perpetrators, the criminals, the ability to track, monitor, surveillance, view, harass, torture me, um, all from remotely, from great distances. And with the organized stalking, I'm at an extreme level of that particular part of the crime um, in terms of manpower being used on me when, whenever I leave my residence, whenever I travel in a car, wherever I go to any store. Um, it's particularly um, challenging when I travel uh, in airports on uh, this, this, criminal, this criminal syndicate, this global criminal syndicate, which uh, is, certainly has their hand in this crime, has unlimited resources. For, and for someone like myself, when I travel, for instance, all of the seats around me on the airline will be purchased by members of the criminal cartel, um, which will, during the course of the flight, will interact with me and let me know that they're part of this crime, as well as when I get to my destination, the hotel, the, all, the, the entire floor of the, the hotel, the room that, I, that I'm taking at the hotel, the entire floor will be purchased by the criminal cartel uh, and have operatives, people, uh, in those rooms around me, above me and below me in the hotel. Um, that's did, the excuse me, Michael. How did, organized stalking that I'm receiving. How how are these people recruited? These are not necessarily government uh, people. These are perhaps just citizens. How are they recruited in this campaign to drive you crazy? What do they tell these people in order to get them on board? That's a great question, Richard. Um, from what I understand, and from my research and the feedback that I get, people are being told specifically about me and about a lot of other target individuals that I'm aware of, they are being told a vicious lie, something like that the target individual is a pedophile. That's the first thing that they'll do, because that um, will garner instant hatred for the person. Uh, that's something that they can get people very quickly uh, to, 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 to get to hate the person. And then, of course, for some of the more elaborate things for, 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 for people that are following you in cars or placed in stores, maybe getting financial reward for it. Not much. Um, certainly enough for them to keep coming back for more, but they're not getting rich doing it. But that's what, that's, that's, that, that's money is the motivator in, in that respect. Uh, along with rumors and uh, uh, a, a terrible um, campaign against the person in terms of their um, their their just their overall um, how they're presented to people. Right. Uh, One of the things that targeted right? individuals um, often complain about is having uh, their property. Um, uh, people breaking into their apartment or their house. That's and right. It, does that happen w to you a lot? Yes, yes. In fact, yes, it's a, that's a great question, Richard. Yes, the, the organized stalking, the unforced break-ins into my home, um, 
repeatedly i've had to um i've had to create my own system to survive um with um thermal cameras um throughout my house um digital audio recorders going all the time multiple i have three three recorders three cameras upstairs and downstairs um, do you even bother reporting break-ins to the police yeah. anymore? Do you even bother reporting these break-ins to the police at this point? Well, you can't. You can't because once you do that, you're going to start a report on you. The, 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 the police that has to come out to your house, they'll start a report. That's what the criminals want. They want you to contact the police to start getting uh, reports about you and then after a while, if you make enough of these calls, it's going to discredit you, and they'll use that against you. You mentioned organized crime. I mean, is that who you believe is responsible, that these are, these are organized criminals that have somehow, they're in possession of this equipment and they're using it on you? Or do you, like Dr. John Hall and John Rappaport, believe it may be some rogue element within the intelligence complex? I believe it's it's a collusion between the military black ops government portion of the United States government and other governments around the world and multinational corporations and the global criminal syndicate. So you have the technologies being created by these multinational corporations, these elaborate electronic weapon systems, and then you have the... Um, the elements of uh, the criminal community uh, people that are being given uh, access, supposedly being given access to these um, to this technology. These are cla- this is a classified technology. These that that perhaps border other technologies, but for the most part, what's being used on targeted individuals is referred to as classified technologies. And yes, people um, at all walks of life will be um, part of this, part of the, um, the perpetrator group. Um, and certainly um, the people in the community um, that have access to the target individual in terms of the, um, the weapons, the the devices that are being used on them certainly they would have to be they would have to be distributed from the top from the, the creators from the multinational corporations um, right down to the people in your neighborhood that are using they're supposedly using these devices on you so um, Michael f- final question wait I just have about 15 seconds here there are yes. people out there listening who who are making up their own determination about this and saying, well, obviously Michael Fitzhugh Bell is, is uh, delusional or he's paranoid or he has some underlying mental illness. What would you say to those people who don't believe you? Well, that's what the, that's what the, the crime is very ingenious in terms of the way that it makes people that are victims of it look that way. So, yes, it's designed to make people look that way when, in fact, they aren't. All right, Michael, again, thank you so much uh, for coming on. And uh, the book is The Invisible Crime. It's part two. Where can people get a hold of that book? Yes, uh, the, 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 the books are available uh, through my website, michaelfbell.com and invisiblecrime.com. 
and through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and fine bookstores everywhere. All right, Michael, thank you again for this. God bless you. Thank you. All right, when we come back, open lines, and then Roger Tolsis, L.A.-based private investigator, 30 years' experience in electronic countermeasures, hopefully offering some relief for people like Michael. Back with more. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hi to all of you listening in on our flagship station here in Toronto. Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in the Liberty Village neighborhood. Uh, Hi to all of you checking us out on one of our affiliate stations. Uh, The podcast, of course, at Stitcher Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, TalkZone.com. The uh, the apps, the uh, Zoomer Radio app and the Conspiracy Show app, both free downloads available for your Android or iPhone device. Uh, and uh, those of you, of course, checking us out on the, the live YouTube stream, and those of you in our YouTube chat, welcome to all of you. Incidentally, if you would uh, like to uh, check us out on the, uh, the YouTube stream, just go to the channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and please take a moment and hit the subscribe button and also the like button. That helps us get more subscriptions or subscribers. Uh, we have set a uh, modest goal of 10,000 subs by, uh, well, sometime in 2017. And we're a little over halfway there, so we can do it with your help. Again, the YouTube channel is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and be sure to hit the sub button. Incidentally, we've sort of um, instituted a new, a new weekly feature on the YouTube channel. Every Thursday, we go back into the archives. We call it Throwback Thursday, and uh, Ryan White posts... One of the old, the old chestnuts, uh, an oldie but a goodie. Uh, so, however, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Open lines now until the bottom of the hour. Open lines, keeping in mind, of course, tonight is our special program on electronic harassment, organized stalking, uh, psychotronic uh, torture, if you will. Looking to hear from uh, either uh, victims, people who believe they are victims of electronic harassment, organized stalking, or just uh, for those of you listening, would love to hear your, your feedback on what you think of what you're hearing so far from our panelists, Dr. John Rappaport, or sorry, John Rappaport and Dr. John Hall, uh, Michael Fitzhugh Bell. And again, just a reminder, a little bit later at the bottom of the hour, in fact, we will be joined from Los Angeles by private investigator Roger Tolsis, who... Um, specializes in electronic countermeasures. So if you believe that you are being targeted, particularly with the electronic harassment or the psychotronic torture, you'll want to hear that because he'll offer hopefully some, some, uh, some workable, uh, achievable solutions or things that may at least help to relieve some of the, uh, the symptoms. All right. Let me give you the phone numbers because those are always very handy when we're doing a talk show. It's uh, for the greater Toronto area, 
0740-416-360-0740-416-360-0740. And then toll free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. Again, toll free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. So if you could, limit your, your calls to our tonight's discussion, which centers around targeted individuals, organized stalking, electronic harassment. All right, uh, just a programming note while we're waiting for the, uh, the phone calls to come in. Uh, next week on the program, uh, we are uh, talking about a possible asteroid impact in, uh, what year is it, Albert? Is it 2029? 2029, people are predicting it, yeah. And uh, we have uh, Derek Gilbert, who's uh, with Skywatch TV. He'll uh, be joining us. We'll have our panel, of course. Uh, The topic is TBA. Uh, But uh, George Freund, of course, our good friend from Conspiracy Cafe, will be uh, joining us along with Megan Barth from ReaganBabe.com. And uh, also on that uh, program, Dave Schrader. Uh, my uh, my colleague from Coast to Coast AM who sits in on uh, weekends or Friday from time to time on Coast and also is the host of his own program called Darkness Radio. Uh, he will join us in uh, the late, later stages of the program and we'll, uh, we'll talk all things paranormal. He's been on some fascinating uh, paranormal investigations and he'll share some of those uh, with us. And, uh, and then the following week, uh, we're going to do, I think we're going to do uh, the full two hours on uh, Roswell. I know uh, the anniversary was a little earlier this month, uh, but it would have been the 70th anniversary of the uh, the alleged crash of um, not one but two. There were probably two separate uh, crashes uh, near Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, many believe uh, it was an extraterrestrial craft of some sort, not simply a uh, an experimental weather balloon. Uh, so we'll have uh, Don Schmidt one of the, uh, the top Roswell investigators, and, of course, our good friend Victor Vigiani from Zealand News Network. That's uh, in two weeks' time uh, for the full two hours. All right, let's uh, get my call screener going here, and we will begin. Let me see. We have um, now these people. I don't have a name, but they may be choosing to, to, uh, to be anonymous, but uh, let's... Let's go with line one, uh, Will. I'm not sure who's on that line. Let's go with uh, line one. Hello, good evening, good morning. Hey, Tony, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Is it Tony? Yes, Tony. Hi, Tony. I, I had problems with that stalking and psychological harassment and psychological torture since I was a graduate student at Michigan State University in 1986. I had applied for some federal government jobs, like with David Taylor Naval Labs, Aberdeen Proving Ground, and the CIA. And these people started in 86 following me around and trying to, I guess, trying to scare me. Well, it, the so it began in 1986 while you were at university. Yeah. And you, you believe that it was perhaps connected to your applications to various government agencies, including the CIA? Yes. And so it, it was, uh, you were being surveilled. Uh, what other forms of harassment uh, were you subjected to? Was there any electronic harassment, um, any organized gang stalking? 
uh, some students following me around at MSU kind of reminded me of the Mod, Mod Squad, you know, the TV show. They're oh, yes. following me around and making remarks like, uh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and one slip in your history, and stuff like that. And and I, did, did you know these students prior? Um, no. No. When I moved back to Toledo, another group of people were picking on me, including my my two brothers. I had to move in with my mother because I was too sick to work, and my two brothers would also try making uh, insulting remarks at me. One of them referred to a man named David Schultz, who attacked me in the latrine in the Army in 77, and he, he called me a woman and everything. I guess they thought I was a coward because I dropped out of Michigan State University. And is this is this uh, organized gang stalking continuing to this day? Does it still happen? Yeah, there, there is some, I think they, they might be uh, Polish-American people from my old neighborhood. They, I don't know, they're bragging that they, they can keep women from talking to me because they want a girlfriend or a wife, you know. And I, they, they make all these threats like they're, they're running women away from me. So you'll be out in a public place and these people will approach you and start to say these things to you? Oh, they, they heckle my house. I, I don't get out much because I'm almost in a wheelchair. I use a walker and I'm almost in a wheelchair, so I, I don't really go too many, go out much. Hmm. Yeah, they, people have, uh, they were using like a, something like an electronic, electronic black marker to rub out parts of letters that I was writing to somebody, like a, one or two women in Russia, and uh, it seems like the black, kind of black marker would appear on the, TV, on the computer screen and blot out, you know, paragraphs, or sometimes even the whole letter. So you were sending emails uh, to to Russia, um, yeah. and part of the email was being almost like it was being redacted. Right. Yeah. All right. And and do you have anyone in your immediate circle, family or friends that that you can trust that uh, believe you, or are you pretty much isolated at this point? I know. I live with my mother. I I, I, I don't know. She the the handyman that comes over to you know, fix up the house for her. He, he was talking me down, too, just trying to say he's not disabled, he's just lazy, and I, it seems like my mother don't seem to want me to have a girlfriend. Or he, she, he, she don't want any girls coming to the house to socialize with me. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Tony, listen, I'm, I'm terribly sorry for what you're going through. Um... I hope that you'll listen a little bit later when we have Roger Tolsis on the program, and hopefully he can, um, I'll ask him, you know, if he has any remedies for people, for example, that uh, are victims of organized stalking. In the meantime, uh, Tony, all I can say is I hope that you can you can connect with somebody who you can trust, who believes you, and uh, it sounds to me like you need a friend. Right, yeah. All right, Tony. I hope you'll continue to listen to this program, and I'm thinking about you. All right? God bless you. Thank you very much, and God bless you, too. All right. 
All right, when we come back, more of our open line segment till the bottom of the hour, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. If you've got a line, hold on to it. We'll talk soon. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The owners of The System are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Open lines until the bottom of the hour. And then Roger Tolsis, a private investigator based in Los Angeles, will join us to talk about electronic countermeasures. Uh, this is our, our special uh, two-hour program on targeted individuals, electronic harassment, organized uh, gang stalking. All right, let's say hello to a guy who's checking in from Arizona. Guy, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, uh, hello, sir. I'm, I'm out here in uh, Arizona. And um, actually, before Arizona, I've lived in California and Nevada. But, um, you know, what I wanted to bring up, I, I've, I've been a, a victim of this uh, voice-in-the-air harassment over 35 years, uh, ever since the military and the Postal Service. And I'm an ex-postal worker. And uh, I just wanted to bring up, in my case, who was doing it. I won't say their name, but I'll just say that they, you know, while I was married for 28 years, I had these uh, very unusual people moved in the house behind me. And they have uh, flags on their house and car and groups of people over on the weekend. And um, uh, my suspicions are that this is uh, something to do with InfraGuard. You know, they just appear overly patriotic, and, um, you know, I, the, the guy is, uh, at the time, and I still hear his voice to this day, like when I try to go to sleep, I, you can hear him talking in the air as if he's in the room next to me. Uh, I'd have to say the weapon they're using is, you know, like voice of God weapon or remote neural monitoring with me. But that's just what I want to get out on, on this is that I, I believe that this is uh, caused by InfraGuard. I did do a, a higher detective to find out uh, who's paying these people, and um, they found out they're getting a government check every two weeks for about $1,000. So that's another thing I believe, um, you know, they're doing, or what I saw in their bank account anyway. And they don't work all day, these neighbors. This is a full-time job with them. It's not just one person. They've got the whole family in on it. And, you know, I can hear the whole family's voice in the air there one person will get tired then you'll hear the other voice and um so they're using what's called v2k or voice to skull technology and there are for those people listening who don't believe this there are patents for this available online we know this technology exists there's no question about that and this this came out in the in the early 1970s so here we are almost 40 years later imagine how sophisticated this some of this equipment could be now this is would enable someone to uh, basically place their voice right in your skull so no one else could hear it. This is not an auditory hallucination. Well, well, I, this I is... may disagree because uh, I, I experience a, a rude behavior campaign, and, you know, the only way that the other people 
are, are cooperating with this uh, rumor campaign and the character assassination as they hear it. They, these people are talking to them, like voice in the air, or, or maybe you say directly to their mind, and the next thing you know, you'll they'll re be repeating the latest slander about me. You know, he he had a prostitute or whatever, whatever the slander is. You know, right. and and it just seems to me that. Some sort of like law enforcement behavior modification program, I believe, is uh, a big part of this also. And uh, I can explain what happened to me also. At the end of my postal career, I started filing charges with the police. I said, I'm being harassed, uh, satellite uh, harassment, terrorism, and, um, you know, as I explained, voice in the air and rude behavior campaign, and it's caused by ex-neighbors. And after about four or five charges of them, my uh, postal service employee uh, manager brought me into the office and says, "Well, we've got to give you three time, three three months off, and see your psychiatrist." And you know, it, 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 law enforcement will not acknowledge this, and, and they cooperate with it. So that's why I, I uh, you know, other than a group effort, I, I don't bother filing charges with law enforcement because they seem to know about this and cooperate with this. So I just wanted to bring those facts up as to what's happened with me over the years. I appreciate that, Guy. Do you have do you have friends and family that uh, that you trust, or have they isolated you? What's going on? Uh, with you? I'm I'm about 61 now. Um, I mean, I have my three daughters. I talk with them. I talk to a few girlfriends online every now and then. I, you know, um, you know, but yeah, it's 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 gotten they've been a lot. You know, I'm still lucky. I'm still working. That's one fortunate thing. Many of the people are not able to work with this stuff because there's a lot of workplace mobbing and rude behavior at work. And I'm just fortunate that I've been able to put up with it and uh, continue on here to where I can get Social Security, you know, I, 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 any time now. So, um, yeah, I just want to throw that in. There's a lot of workplace mobbing as well. All right, Guy. Thank you for uh, for sharing your experiences with you. And uh, again, I'm I'm terribly sorry for your predicament. And uh, I hope you'll continue to listen to the program and and uh, check in with us once in a while to let us know how you're doing. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's say hi to uh, D S in Kentucky. D S, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Good morning. Hello. Thank you. So, what's your story, D S? What's happening with you? Uh, well. Um can I just first address like the credibility issue <laughs> just for listeners out there that are, that aren't victims. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, um, I've written five novels. Um, I've been called one of the finest novelists the Commonwealth has ever produced. Um, I'm also a master woodworker, make gorgeous furniture, picture frames, you know, one-offs. Um, I do leather work. I'm a leathersmith and, uh, and an inventor as well. So, I just want to get that off the table, first of all. All right. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been a, a victim of this for at least t since 2001 when uh, I had, like, an onslaught of health issues that were just completely unexplained by, you know, and in my 1,846 uh, pages of medical records across, like, a three-year period, there were 73 doctors listed. Oh, my. Um, what sort of none illnesses? Of ever offered any, even tried to explain what was happening to me. What was happening to you? Oh, um, I, I developed a blood condition out of the blue and started having blood clots, um, which I'm medicated to this day for, or else, I mean, if I come off the blood thinning medication, I will get a blood clot because I've 
once thought, hey, I can stop taking this stuff, and I learned within a month I couldn't. Um, I had a bone deformation. Um, I started having heart arrhythmia and uh, ended up flatlining at one point. So now I've got a pacemaker. Um, and and you, uh, do you believe I was having syncope episodes and passing out? I passed out once when I was driving and came to in a ditch. Oh my! And my, DS, my truck. DS, do you believe or do you know for certain that these illnesses were brought on uh, by some sort of psychotronic weapon? Um, I would, I would, you know, if if I had to say yes or no, and someone told me over the edge of a cliff, I'd say yes, and I think that'd be give me the better chance of not getting dropped. Um, so I would bet my life on it. <laughs> okay. I ended up filing a lawsuit against the hospital and they're a, they're a university hospital. So, and they're, they were receiving federal funding for medical research at the time. Cause that was in the newspapers about them getting this medical research funding. Um, I try, I found a lawyer to take my case on a Friday when I was trying to file it and come Monday, they wrote me to say, oh, we're not taking on any new cases. So something happened over the weekend <laughs> right. to make them go, oh, we're not going to help this guy. And I wrote them back from a different email address the next day on a Tuesday, and they said, how can we help you? They didn't say, oh, we're not taking on any new cases. So it was just me they weren't going to help. DS, why do you think you're being targeted? Do you have any idea? Um, well, uh I think that this, what's going on here is a citywide problem. And I've I've gotten, uh, you know, different victims have different stories in different cities. But uh, my gang stalking is primarily by four local law enforcement agencies. So, you know, I mean, I had when it when it first went from overt to covert, um, it was it was civilians doing it from the south end of Louisville. Um, But that was just a, for a short period. Since then, it, it's everywhere I go, there's police officers from one, you know, from, from uh, you know, one of our four local law enforcement agencies. And I spoke about this in front. I mean, this is how out I'm, I am about this. I spoke in front of our Metro Council about this on May 11th of this year. And I, you know, I basically accused four local police departments and a local government uh, council uh, a city council of being involved in organized crime. I mean, that I said that exact thing in front of, you know. Do you have any metro? Yeah. Did you offer up any 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 material evidence to support your claim? Do you have? Well, they only gave you three minutes to speak in front of the metro council, so right. you've got to be real quick about it. Um, I have I have plenty of convincing evidence, and I've even written the ACLU, their national. Uh, their national office in New York City about this, and it's a 21-page, you know, narrative that I wrote to them. Um, and you know, they wrote back and said I wrote them specifically in, about their national security project, which, if you look that up on their website, it's them addressing, you know, uh, surveillance, you know, stuff that Edward Snowden basically, you know, exposed when he uh, when he w- blew the whistle. It's about, you know, being spied on in your privacy of your own home and stuff. Right. So I wrote to them in, in the context of their national security project, and they wrote back to me a one-page letter to my 21-page letter and said, this is beyond the scope of our national security project. Hmm. So they didn't write back and say, you know, gee, you've lost your mind. <laughs> you know, they just wrote back and basically like, were like, we're not touching this. 
Right. Are you okay, in? Now let, let me just tell you one. I mean, it, you know, just to really make it how stark the experience I've had is. Okay. Twenty fourteen is when the 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 uh, overt harassment began. That was when they basically went, let's let this guy know that what's happened to him, you know, in the past, uh, you know, 14 years has been, you know, has been deliberate. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where, I, you know, I'm like, what is going on? I'm losing my mind. You know, there's people, show, you know, scream like, uh, you know, someone, I'm bisexual, and someone uh, threw a, a used condom tied shut in my driveway. Someone drove by when I was taking out the garbage and, and yelled "sissy" at me out their out their car window, and I've been celibate for over a decade. So that information <laughs> is hard to come by, but nonetheless, you know. So I made a, a sign that said "CoIntelPro." Do you know what COINTELPRO is? Yes. It, it's like it's like MK Ultra's you know brother. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. I made a sign that said COINTELPRO 2.0 is here to ruin the lives of innocent American citizens because I was going to publicly demonstrate with it. And I posted a picture of it on my Facebook page that day I finished making it. And the next night, I'm in a suburb of Louisville, Kentucky, you know, $200,000 houses, you know, right. that are in this neighborhood. It's a nice, clean, respectable area. And the next night after I posted that sign on my Facebook page, I pull into my driveway and got out of my, my van at the time. I've got a new car since then. And a military helicopter flew right over my house at the moment I stepped out of my van. And I don't mean like there was a, a military helicopter off in the distance next to a cloud. I mean, if my chimney had been 15 feet taller, it would have gotten knocked over. Let me ask you, because there are, there are people listening uh, who, are, who believe they are targeted individuals. What do you say to them? How could because you sound like I may be wrong, but it sounds like you know you you sort of got a handle on this and you're dealing with it. How? What would you say to those people that are sort of on the edge and they don't know where to turn? They don't know what to do. Um, well, I would first say to them that I love them and to stay strong. Um, then I would say. You know, the, uh, the, the, the community we've built online is, is, is vast. And, you, you, you know, it's not just happening to you. You know, if I, can, if I couldn't have found anyone else that this happened to, I would, have, I would have been, you know, on a psychiatrist's couch because <laughs> I would have been just like, what? But um, I would say, you know, this is real. This is happening to you. And I would say get active in, you know, the community other than just your online connecting with other victims because – I'll tell you, when I spoke in front of the city council on May 11th, and this is, I mean, I'm telling people to do this, and I'm going to say this, but whatever. I know that they don't like us to go public and be out in the public trying to expose this because I spoke in front of the city council. I got a, I got a very loud applause from probably 100 people in the audience when I, when I spoke about this behind me, not the Metro Council. The Metro Council sat there quiet like, what's this guy doing? Um, and within a week, I was waking up in a local hospital with a broken back and a shattered L5 vertebrae. Oh, dear. After two days of unconsciousness and no memory whatsoever of what happened to me. DS, I've got so, to move along so they here. They broke my back. They shattered my vertebrae because I spoke in front of the local city council about this. DS, but thank you. That tells so you how much they don't like it. 
uh, to say the least. Diaz, thank you for sharing this. I hope you'll continue to listen and to check in once in a while to let us know how you're doing. Okay. Hey, I appreciate the show. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for sharing. Diaz in Kentucky. All right, Roger Tolsis on the other side. A private investigator offering up some electronic countermeasures advice. Stay with us here on The Conspiracy Show. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. In a democracy, we elect officials so we can sleep at night. So why are you up? 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, S-Y-R-E-T-T. And also, again, just a reminder, please uh, check out the YouTube channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and hit the subscribe button. Uh, Roger Tolsis is a Los Angeles private investigator who specializes in electronic countermeasures. In the past 30 years, he's swept over 2,500 locations for bugs and wiretaps. In recent years, his business has included helping victims of electronic harassment and mind control. Electronic harassment takes place if someone uses any electronic device to aid them in invading your person or property for the purpose of gathering information illegally or for the purpose of causing physical harm. Roger uses over $100,000 worth of high-tech equipment to try to identify the source of electronic harassment. Roger, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Richard. How you been? Very well, very well. You know, I think we did a show a couple of years ago. I believe, I believe you're correct. It has been quite a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while. But well, uh, this... Things aren't better, so here we go. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I, that was my first question out of the shoot is what uh, has changed in terms of, uh, I mean, is this, is this getting worse, this problem? Are you getting more and more people coming to you as the months and, and years go by? Well, I get between six and ten calls a day from people, you know, brand new calls a day from people that are suffering from electromagnetic attacks and other kinds of covert activity against themselves. And, uh, and, of course, I get emails from all over the world. Almost every country in the world has a similar problems going on. And so uh, as long as you're within reach of satellites and other kinds of cell, cell tower transmissions, you know, uh, you're, you're within, within a, a keystroke of being harassed. How are you able to keep up with the technology that the perps are using against these victims uh, in terms of your countermeasures? Well, what we use is an active shield system, which is a, you can see it on my website, on the bugsweeps.com website, on the electronic harassment pages. Basically, what is it's an electrostatic field system. We primarily build it around a bed so that people that are being attacked will at least have the ability at night to go in, inside this electromagnetic shelter and be able to sleep because sleep deprivation is one of the key things that the harassers use. And, of course, if you're sleep-deprived, your immune system goes down and you start getting sick. So we primarily, on the, on the shielding systems, um, put it around a bed so that you can restore your sleep. And, of course, we have clients that have them in different locations, 
uh, some people are you know in in reading chairs and in offices and that kind of thing. So what it does is it's two transmission panels that puts out an electrostatic field, and as long as you're between the two panel electro electromagnetic panels, you're inside an electrostatic egg, so that uh, when outside negative energies attempt to attack your body, you are protected. So it's essentially an electronic version of a Faraday cage. It, yes, it is, and in a sense, it is. Except it's not doing it. It's not doing it by shielding. It's doing it by electromagnetic saturation. In other words, it's a special pulsed um, electromagnetic field that's bio -harm harmonious to your electromagnetic body's energy. So what we're doing is we're saturating you with bio harmonious energy. And therefore, when the negative stuff attempts to, to, to do the chaos that it does on an, on an attack mind control wave or other kinds of attack waves, it will cause uh, those waves to be diminished because we're already saturating you inside a harmonious electromagnetic field. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a shielding system where you're t t attempting to attenuate the outside attack wave where, where we are saturating the person's body in harmonious energy so that the attack energy doesn't take effect. Is this someone that a victim could, could go to Radio Shack and get the equipment and build it for themselves? Or No. no. It's, it, you have to make a specific waveform. You have to, you have to remember that the body, human body is, is, has about four trillion cells, and, and every one of them is like a little battery. So the main thing is that you want to be around energy fields that are harmonious to that battery and keep the battery charged because as long as your body cells are charged to that healthy level with the right kind of energy then you're a healthy individual but as we get older you know our electrical charges start to dissipate and of course when your battery runs when these batteries run all the way down you're dead you know it's just like the battery in your car you know one day it, it, it you can't turn the engine over anymore all right, Roger, we've got to break away for a quick timeout. We'll come back. Roger Tolsis, Los Angeles private investigator. The website is bugsweeps.com. Electronic countermeasures. Stay with us. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To see the light, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back to our uh, targeted individual two-hour special. Roger Tolsis is with us from Los Angeles. Private investigator specializes in electronic countermeasures, and his website is bugsweeps.com. Bugsweeps, S-W-E-E-P-S, dot com. Bugsweeps.com. Uh, Roger, so what happens, though, when, when uh, a victim uh, leaves their house? They've got to go to work. They've got to go to the grocery store. What can they do uh, to prevent being targeted by some sort of directed energy weapon. Yeah, well, it becomes much more difficult. And uh, you can try passive shielding. There are things like metalized fabrics that you can use to wear inside of hats and inside of clothing that can give you some protection from electromagnetic fields, but nothing is as strong as a active shield. 
And the other the other thing about this active shield, you know, this this whole thing about the biology, the electromagnetic biology about human beings. Right now, you know, we are so our environments are so saturated with Wi-Fi, right, and with uh, cell towers. In other words, when I run a spectrum and analysis of a of say, let's say I'm sweeping an apartment in the city. If I'm in New York City and I'm sweeping an apartment, I and I run access points. I could probably find in a typical apartment building 60 access points. You know, 60 people that have, uh, you know, Wi-Fi modems that are running, so that the whole environment is electromagnetically overloaded with pulsed energy at 2.4 gigahertz. Right. We're swimming in electronic smog where no one's anywhere, anywhere, any further than 100 meters from a cell, a cell tower. Uh, you've got smart meters around every corner. How do you differentiate when you're doing a sweep of someone's home? Uh, how do you determine if someone is simply electronically sensitive or whether they're actually being targeted? Okay, well, we use, we use electronic warfare spectrum analyzers, which can specifically analyze uh, specific frequencies and put, you know, it's a scope system where you can actually look at the waveform and the modulation and all that. And that's really the machines that you need. They're about $60,000 machines. And, you know, you, that's what you have to do. You have to actually look and see what kind of uh, waveforms are, are taking place, and then you need the special directional antennas to figure out where it's coming from. Sometimes you have to go out and triangulate things to find out the source of, of where it's coming from. But all these pulsed energies are, are, are completely uh, disharmonious with our brains. In other words, when you look at, at a typical Wi-Fi signal, it's basically a frequency-hopping pulse signal, and our brains just don't like that level of interference because as that signal jumps around, it hits resonant frequencies with the different resonant frequencies of our body cells and, and, and puts them into a disruptive, chaotic state. So next thing you know, your brain's not working right. And, of course, once your brain's not working right, then it's interfering with the whole neurological system of the body. You know, all, all the thousands and thousands of feet of wiring that we have internally. Uh, are you able, when you go into someone's abode, are you able to determine the source of this directed energy, whether it's, let's say, for example, I know there was a case in New York, and I believe you handled this woman's case, and she ended up being on um, an episode of my television program where she was being, uh, they were trying, whoever the perps were, they were trying to force her out of her rent control apartment. Right. Um, I mean, are you, could you go in and, and, for example, determine that the source of the, uh, the, 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 the directed energy is, the, you know, the apartment above or across the street? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. We do that with these electromagnetic warfare spectrum analyzers. We look at the, uh, the, the signal intensity, the power levels. We look at the modulation format. And then we also make measurements on the individual's body to see if that attack is bioresonant. Because what they've done is they use now, uh, and the latest breakthrough for the black ops is that they use bio-coded directed energy. And what they do is they go out to your garbage in front of your house collect it surreptitiously, get your DNA. Once they have your DNA, they can use supercomputers and they can biocode transmission signals, harassment signals, so that if, you, if they have your biocode and they fired 
a weapon system against you, you and I can sit in the same location and you will get the effect and I won't because my DNA is different than yours. Right. They've hacked into your DNA. They, they have, they basically analyze your DNA and they then use supercomputers to encode the signals. So just think of it this way. It's kind of like, let's say you have a cell phone and I have a cell phone and they're the exact same model cell phone. Let's say it's, you know, a, an LG cell phone, and you and I have the exact same ones, except your phone's programmed to your phone number, and mine is programmed to my phone number. And as those cell phones sit there, they listen to the control channel of the, of the nearest tower. And the control channel is sending out codes so that if somebody wants to call you and they may r- ring your number, and that tower will then put out your phone number on, a, on, a, on, the, on the control channel, and once your cell phone sees that control channel number, it wakes up because it rec- recognizes that that's the number that it's associated with. And it sends a signal back to the tower saying, I'm over here, send the, send the call through. So it's the encoding that's coming off an, on a microwave link uh, that causes different phones to come alive based on their coding. So the biocoded directed energy is the same thing Except instead of phones, we got human bodies. Are they using cell towers? They're using cell towers and satellites. Now you're an expert in this area. Uh, are you? Have you ever been called as a as a as a witness in a in a court case on behalf of uh, a, a, a TI? Okay. The first thing you have to understand is that any TI that's ever taken a case against the government or the government subcontractors have had their case dismissed under national security. There's not been one single case that I know of that didn't get dismissed in that manner. And that was the judge's ruling? This is a matter of national security? Well, the, what, what happens is the agency that you're suing, let's say you're suing the CIA, you're suing the FBI or some black ops agency, and, uh, or, or their subcontractors, and they will step in and say, tell the judge that it's, that it's a matter of national security and they need it dismissed, and they just rubber stamp that. They just dismiss it. In so some no in- one ever has success suing the government. In some instances, though, is this, is this uh, perhaps not a government, uh, some psyops or black, black ops agency? Is it, could it be organized crime? Could it be, for example, someone who has come into possession of some of this technology and are simply trying to, you know, maybe they're trying to get even with somebody, uh, an employee, an ex, someone like that? Well, I can only tell you, you can't go down to Radio Shack and get this kind of equipment, especially the bio-coded system, because that requires supercomputers to do those kind of calculations. So you got to be, you know, in order to be doing this kind of stuff, you need to be top-notch technically. There's only one of you, Roger, uh, and there are, who knows, hundreds of thousands of victims across North America. I've heard that number bandied about in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, so and are you training other people? Um, for example, in Canada, I don't know, is there, is there, an, is there a, someone who does what you do up here? Because there are a lot of victims not up here. That, not that I know of. But I'm, and I can't get my equipment into Canada. They won't let me into Canada. So what can, what can those people do? Uh, get the, get basically, what gets you stopped is getting yourself inside a shielding system that's successful to where they just can't can't attack you anymore, and they just move on to to the next person. 
Will they do that? If they, if they determine that they can't get at you, will they just stop? That's generally what happens. Sometimes it takes a while, though, you know. It can take it can take up to a year, eighteen months in some cases. What about organized stalking? Is there anything that you advise people to do? Uh, are there are there any countermeasures that they can take if uh, they're being subjected to um, surveillance or or uh, let's say for example street theater? Do you deal with yeah, that at well, all? Well, the main thing on, on that is always carry a camera with you that has the ability to have somewhat of a zoom, because all these perpetrators are. They are uh, told that that, they'll, that they should never get their picture taken. So one way to tell whether you actually have a stalker and, and, and that kind of problem is just keep your camera handy, keep it around your neck, inside your clothing, and then if somebody looks weird, just take your camera out. And if they turn around and run for the exits, then you know you have, you have that kind of problem because they're, they're instructed never get your picture taken. And how do you know this? Have you have you have you been in communication with whistleblowers, people that used to work for these agencies? Uh, no, no. Most of, most of the information I got technically was from the Russian spies that had spied on our black, black ops, figured out what was going on. And then when when the Soviet Union collapsed, they came they came across and and gave the secrets of the spying, uh, made some of it public. I had had I had to have Russian information translated to find out these things. Where is this all headed, Roger? I mean, if this is an experiment, where are they going with this? Well, you know, you have to remember that the, that that the new world order wants ultimate control. Right now, they they have excellent control because, as an example, here in the, in the United States, we're basically all slaves on on the corporate plantation USA. Because if you're an average individual and you're making fifteen dollars an hour, when you get a Federal Reserve note for your compensation, you know, let's say you, you work six hours, you get about $100 in currency. The Federal Reserve in the United States prints that $100 bill for 15 cents. And yet you honor it as $100 in your labor and your savings. So if you translate that, that means that they paid you two cents an hour for the $100 bill that they paid you. Do you follow me on the right. numbers? yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're really making two cents an hour on Plantation United States, and you're probably doing something similar in Plantation Canada. So we're all really slaves on the, on the Federal Reserve, on the, on the United States Corporation, being compensated at two cents an hour, because when you accept that piece of paper that's backed by nothing, then you are accepting $100 as $100 in your labor and in your savings. But in fact, the government made it for 15 cents, and that's how they fund everything. So as long as they can keep all that going and, and, and the people don't see that the emperor has no clothes, they don't have a problem with the people. But at some point, the people are going to realize that the emperor's got no clothes that that's a 15-cent piece of paper, and that's when the mind control stuff has got to be prepared and ready to roll. So, I mean, I, I believe it was um, Ohio Representative Dennis Kucinich a number of years ago uh, tried to work uh, something into a, um, into a House bill that addressed uh, this, this issue. That, that part of the bill was, I guess, sort of expunged. Uh, so, I mean, 
Are there other Dennis Kuciniches out there who are willing to, to pick up the mantle and fight this thing in Washington? Not that I know of. So, I mean, it's a pretty bleak prospect. This is only going to get ramped up uh, until what? Eventually we're all being targeted? Well, you know, the thing about it is that we all are we all are becoming unhealthy relating to the overall electromagnetic pollution. You know, not not so much the stuff that's, that's covert black ops attacks, but just the overall pollution is, is such that none of us are going to be in very good uh, mental, mental health or physical health any longer once things get, get saturated to these levels. So, I, you know, I, t- I tend to try myself to stay away from centers of cities these days where all this electromagnetic saturation is taking place because it's just plain unhealthy. Uh, Roger, uh, people can get a hold of you through the website? Yeah, bugsweeps.com. All right. That's my website. Roger, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Okay, Richard, we'll talk to you again sometime. I hope so. Roger Tolsis, bugsweeps.com. My thanks to uh, Will Power, Albert Venzel, Ryan White, all of you for listening at home. Back next week with a brand new program. Dave Schrader, my colleague from Coast to Coast, and Darkness Radio will be here, as well as Derek Gil- uh, Gilbert from Skywatch TV. We'll talk about asteroid impact coming in 2029, perhaps. And uh, all that and much more, our panel, of course. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.